Bottom Nation. What a, I've been reflecting. What a long journey we've had together. Twists and turns and ups and downs. And yet here we, here we are, you and me. <laughs> I, I love you, Bottom Nation. Um, there are so many ways to support this podcast. You can share this with a friend, another little bottom, or a top or a switch, or just some straight guy that doesn't want to admit that he's into prostate stimulation. You could share share with that guy. You could donate to our Patreon as little as $1 a month. You could get on my text list for when my special drops, my special that I'm putting out for free on YouTube or come to a show. Or you could buy some merch. AshleyGavin.com, hit the little merch button. We have Bottom Nation and we're having gay sex and WHGS t-shirts and stickers and more to come. Support is very helpful. I interrupted you. Support is very... Alex, would you shut up? Support is... Sorry, I just... I invite cis straight men to speak and then I talk over them. And that's activism. And then this week, we have a personal... Kind of a personal hero of mine. uh, Sabine Selassie. Um, You're probably not familiar with her work. But she teaches... She's a writer and a teacher. A meditation teacher on an app that I use. But... We don't worry, it's still very gay sex heavy. And we talk about leaving a sexless relationship, going through a divorce, and kind of reconnecting with your own body after not having sex in a really long time. And it's a super, it's, it's a, in my opinion, this is one of those episodes where it is both funny and extremely honest. And that's what I love about this podcast. So, podcast. Did you hear the way I said that? Why did I say it that way? That is what I love about this podcast. So I hope you like this episode too. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. We have such limited ideas of the erotic and sex. And I'm really into this because I come from a tradition that's like really anti-sex. Like the Buddhist tradition I trained in for years has really warped ideas about sex. I don't know if it's about having sex with another person so much as really feeding the erotic energy and power within us. Have you heard of sexological body workers? No. My friend told me about it last night and they're like people who like actually manually kind of like a body worker but for sex so they're gonna finger you (laughs) i'm very excited about this one i'm really so excited me too um, we're in the apartment. We're having gay sex. I'm nervous. Can you see that? Yeah, you're like, we, I, usually you're like, we're in the apartment. What's up, Bottom Nation? You're like, today we are in my apartment, I think. I don't know. Maybe not. You tell me. I'm really nervous. Yeah, I'm really nervous because we're having gay sex today with someone. Oh Wait, this is such an honor, by the way. You're the first person to turn Ashley into a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> listeners are going to be very excited. I, you, you haven't seen me with like a femi fem 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 in person just you wait there's a whole world that we're gonna just you wait am i gonna watch you fuck somebody you're gonna watch you me wait. bottom for somebody <laughs> in person that's not happening happening today because we're online but you'll see you'll see we have news 
we have news about Maddie too. We got to get to we got to get to some Maddie news. Oh as yeah, well. we do have news about me. <laughs> but the reason I'm so nervous is because I have this podcast, and a lot of people write into the me and and say things like, "Oh, I listen to you every week. I'm so grateful for it." But when I do meet people in person, it is a little. It's like a new world where they're like, "Oh, I'm so nervous to talk to you because." I hear you in my ears all the time or I watch you online all the time and they don't necessarily know how to behave because we're in this brave new internet world, right? And I'm always like, oh, don't worry, I'm a person. I listen to 7A in my ears all the time. She's like one of the only people. I'm going to cry already. We're two minutes minutes into this episode and I'm going to (laughs) cry. But I listen to you all the time because a lot of people don't know this. Well, no, they do know this about me. I meditate every day. It's a Mm. huge part of my life. That's amazing that <laughs> this is you at the calmest you can possibly get. <laughs> that's almost that's almost disturbing I'm, to I'm know. I'm full zen. <laughs> I'm a Buddhist monk. But I meditate every day and 7A has been a huge part of my meditation journey. Mm. The first time that I got banned on TikTok, I got banned on TikTok. Oh. Is that a gay <laughs> sex story? Yeah, yes, because I accidentally showed panda porn on my TikTok live. <laughs> and that's why I got banned. So when, okay, whatever, that's not the point. But when I got banned, I thought my career is over because it was like brand new. And I popped in your um, stress class from 10% Happier. And I, bro, I wept. I wept so hard listening to your voice. And I've never, this is the first time that I've met someone that I listen to on a regular basis in person or in person. And it's, I'm just so excited that you're here. You've had such an impact on my life and you have no idea. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. And I'm really sorry that I made you cry. And I hope I don't do that again today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but it was a good cry. You know, uh, I got some of that feeling out of my body, but you're a meditation teacher. Um, Sabine Selassie, I forgot to say, even there, there we go. There we go. Um, meditation teacher, what, what, because uh, beyond your meditations that I listen to, I read your newsletter. Tell people about yourself because you're not a typical WHGS guest. And I just thought so many people ask me about my journey from horrible depression to feeling super, super happy. Mm. And I thought this would be a great thing to talk about on a podcast finally. Incredible. Yeah. And re- no. and like the relationships shift as well. Yeah. Bad what, relationships wait. to healthy. Yeah, no, go. No, no, no. I was going to say, I'm like very, very curious to hear about this because I'm like, I've, I've dipped in and out of meditation and like, oh, I don't Who cares? This is not the important part right now. No, yes, it is. I went I'm, on for 45 <laughs> minutes about my journey and Seven is the guest and I barely let her speak. But it's like, I think people don't realize how big of a difference it makes, even if it's just like 10 minutes a day. Like when I did it, it my anxiety got way better. Like I'm like extremely fascinated to hear about it from somebody who's like an expert, an expert in yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, tell people what you do. Like what, what do you consider your job to be? Because it's also just very interesting from a creative perspective. Yeah, so these days I call myself a writer and teacher, um, just to be able to include a lot of things. So I used to call myself a meditation teacher and an author, because I wrote a book, but I realized that I, I do all sorts of writing, including like the writing I do to teach. And I teach more than meditation. I, I used to identify as a Buddhist teacher, because I studied Buddhism for over 30 years, I majored in it in college and did, you know, 
years and years of training and long retreats, silent retreats, sometimes for months at a time. Oh, Not a lot oh of gosh. laughing, lots of crying on those. <laughs> Um, there's laughing in the silent retreat. No, there's, there's not. I mean, sometimes oh, there's oh. sort of like mad hysterical laughing because you're losing your mind <laughs> and you're just kind of sitting in the corner feeling like you're going insane. Um, but there's also a lot I, I, of crying. But I these yeah. days I, I kind of emphasize just teaching in terms of like teaching, you know, how to live our lives better. And I don't I'm not so prescriptive anymore. Like meditation works for a lot of us. It doesn't work for everyone. I think mindfulness works for everyone, but yeah. mindfulness mm -hmm. is bigger than just a formal meditation practice. It's like learning to really be aware in your life and start to bring awareness to everything, to your body, to your mind, to your emotions. So I'm, I kind of lean more towards that. And I'm also into a lot of woo stuff. So I, I don't necessarily <laughs> teach it, but like, astrology and tarot and numerology and oh all. you're in the seminary you are in the perfect place oh good the gays Yay. are losing their mind at home right now they're like yeah <laughs> so what's your sign uh i'm a scorpio sun uh virgo <gasps> moon and sagittarius rising but i have five planets in my 12th house in scorpio so that is why my life is always like in crisis and a mess Okay, so even Alex, the straight producer, went, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he really did, and we don't, we really don't know much. But I'm a Scorpio Sun, and I'm also a Sagittarius Rising. Oh wow! So we're soulmates, sisters. <laughs> but I think it's funny because I have a lot of uh, Scorpio placements as well in my. I don't know if I have. It's five. your twelfth house too. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a lot of like? dark periods of your life that like, yeah of course yeah. i thought she was asking you so are your periods like really dark yeah <laughs> like is it so the 12th house is the ditch discharge house and <laughs> kind of yeah on, you're on fucking fire today dude excellent excellent no, contributing nothing monitoring. intellectual i'm so sorry no 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 that, that, the discharge house that's no, very I, deep I, actually you've you've also like the other thing i love about the way that you teach. And I think you're a phenomenal teacher. I used to teach computer science, which is like not at all similar. Although in- when you taught it? I didn't know you taught it. Yeah, yeah. I wrote the curriculum for Girls Who Code. Wow. No way. Yeah. I did a little boot camp of them when I was no, like in middle fucking, school. Yeah. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> middle school? <laughs> middle school? I might have been early high school. I'm 4,000 years old. Did you teach the class of the Join same the way you host Sunday school? They're coding and they're like, what is wrong with you? You No, no, I'm so the opposite. When she, she hosts the weekly stand-up show, sometimes when the crowd is not, when they're being a little, sorry, am I out? Sometimes no, when the go. crowd is being a little stingy with their I'm laugh. I'm supposed to appear zen in front of this woman, okay? Yeah, sorry. Well, okay, this is, this is, this is where Ashley could use some help. Is that when she's hosting the stand-up show, if they're not laughing as much as they should be, which is often. It is. And often. you know it. You know they're a little bit weird. They can be a little weird. I love them. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. No, no. It's, sometimes it's you got to get people on board with like. Yeah. They're new, to, they're new to comedy. Yeah. And I'll tie this back. I don't think the kids are okay, which is another thing I kind of want to talk about with you. I think the kids are not okay. My audience is very young. I think that's part of it too. Like Gen and, Z or millennials? Yeah. yeah, yeah Gen Z. Like, Gen Z. Oh. True Gen Z. You know, tw like, 20. 
I'm on like the cusp of Gen Z. Yeah. I'm 23, which I think still cuts it. What boot oh, camp wow, did you do? You're so that? young. I know, wow. I know. <laughs> what boot camp did you do? It was I some like at on UNC's campus. Yeah. They had like a code a thon thing and I think yeah. it was like a girls who code mini section if you probably were like yeah yeah yeah. you wrote that yeah I mean maybe not that Get specifically because I left but yeah, yeah that yeah. is so crazy yeah oh, now, so now cool. I do this all right wow. well what I was gonna say was you're a great teacher I don't remember why we went down this rabbit hole this is this is kind of what the podcast says we should introduce ourselves okay so that we can give <laughs> seven eight the, the floor at some point and we yeah, can yeah. fully explore all these topics I want to talk about but I'm actually get Copy the format. We'll go first. Ah, oh, shoot. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a name for you. Oh, cool. Okay. I'm at... Uh, welcome to We're Having Gay Sex. Yeah. We have a soundboard and I did that with my mouth. There we go. Here, I'll give it back to you. Oh, thank you. By the way, we're upgrading. Look Ooh. at this new soundboard that we're going to have in a minute. Oh, my gosh. Fancy. Isn't this so fancy? I want to put it on camera. Oh, my gosh. We're so scatterbrained right now. Oh, my God. This... Laptop is We left. just moved. Okay. I don't know if it's coming up on camera, but very fancy. Uh, cis gay white woman, she, her pronouns. And then, as always, sometimes, my gay virgin, my little <laughs> youthful, youthful gay virgin with your gay little flower to keep me from getting canceled. My hall monitor, or is, or are they my U-Haul monitor? <laughs> Maddie Wiener. Gay little angel virgin. It, it makes me sound like an angel in like a Renaissance painting or something. <laughs> I really like it. Um, hi, I'm Maddie Wiener. She, they. With rainbow little cherub wings. <laughs> oh, that's a merch idea <laughs> for me on my little Etsy page. Uh, I am a, we're figuring out what I am, but she, they, yep. bisexual, um, Libra, 5'3". Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Scorp <laughs> I'm a Scorpio, just for the record. Um, yeah. And I, I, she calls me the gay virgin because I haven't lost my gay virginity yet. And have you lost your gay virginity yet? No. Do you have I, an excuse? I have an excuse this week. I went to the math museum. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat. Yeah, and you can't. You got at least a few more months of virginity <laughs> if you went to them. They just added it on. But I learned a lot of cool math concepts and I saw a lot of cool dioramas. Dioramas? Yeah. And like cool little like screens where you could like. I make, say a diorama. Am I saying it wrong? Oh, am I saying it wrong? Am I saying it wrong? What do you say, Seven? Tomato, tomato. Diorama. Diorama. <laughs> well, good for you. Thank you. You learned a lot. I did learn Your a lot. Your dad would be proud. My dad would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> I do have an answer. Okay. Google says uh, diorama. Or wait, fuck. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, diorama. <laughs> I'm, the only, I'm the only math person in here, okay? Uh, thank you, Alex. Alex, the producer. And Sabine, do you mind introducing yourself in this insane? It's pretty chaotic in here today, I will admit. Yeah, I'm Sabine Selassie. She, her pronouns. Uh, I identify as straight-ish and or queer-ish. I have a kind of a story about that if you want me to, to go right into it. That would it. be great. Well, speaking of like Gen Zs, millennials, I'm a Gen Xer. Um, everybody forgets about us. And yes. We really I, do. We we really kind of bake you guys into boomers sometimes, which is so unfortunate. Which is really unfair. Um, I think Gen Xers are amazing. 
but I was at a workshop once and paired with this millennial person and they, um, we had to like fill out this, this form and kind of all of our identities and I clicked check straight and they asked me, you know, if I'd ever had queer sex or, you know, been with a woman or a non-binary person right there. Yeah. How well did you know this person? Because that's such an invasive thing to do. It really is, You're literally yeah. filling out paperwork. <laughs> I didn't know them very well, but it was like one of these Buddhist-y kind of contexts and it's a, you know, a lot of heart open sharing. And I, mm-hmm. anyways, I didn't feel offended in any way or whatever. Um, <clears throat> they were also a person of color and we'd already bonded over some stuff. And I was technically their teacher in that context. So, you know, they'd already shared a oh. lot of things with me. Um, so anyways, then I said, yes, I had, because I had not, not recently, I'd been married to a man for 14 years, although we're splitting up right now, um, which could also be part of the conversation later. Um, (laughs) but it was really interesting because I realized there was like this generational shift on who calls themselves queer or not. Yeah. And for Gen Xers, and I've talked to like multiple friends about this, since then, including ones that went to like women's colleges. So like they understand all the dynamics. Um, the, and, and in our generation, like if you weren't like full out gay, like if I didn't declare myself a lesbian, like I was not allowed to claim any titles like that right. was politically incorrect and that could get you canceled. And it's sort of the right. opposite for the younger generations. Like if you don't claim all the identities, then that's what's incorrect. And so right. I'm kind of this cusp generation where, you know, if I like fully, this is a really long introduction, but if no, I, I like it. to fully like claim my identity, I would say, yes, I'm queer-ish. Um, yeah. Especially now think- that I'm on the market and although I don't want to really date right now because it's too soon, but um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of open to whatever. But I still have that Gen X hesitation, like, wait, am I allowed to call myself that, you know? And and yeah. I'm mostly into dudes. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, where where I go, so. It's so interesting you say that because I feel like I'm almost the mirror generation image of, like, I would describe my sexuality very similarly and, like, I would still put myself under the umbrella of queerness. But I also still have, like, I mean, Ashley kind of helped me with this, but I had a lot of like hesitation about like, oh, am I queer enough? No, truly, you like really did. I mean, you it was very funny the way you said it, but I was like, Ashley, I feel like I have some like imposter syndrome. And you went, you're one of the gayer people I've ever met in my life, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually very affirming. But it's so interesting that you said it's a generational thing because my grandma, who is 84, 86 now, was like, is, is definitely not 85. Yeah, de- no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny to me. <laughs> but she's, um, I mean, she identifies as a lesbian and she what? grew up. Oh, I didn't tell you. Yeah, my lesbian grandma is grandma? Lesbian, has had a partner for like 60 years or something. Not 60 years, but a long time. Um, who's like a second grandma to me. And in Kansas City, like grew up what? in Kansas City, came out as lesbian. I don't think she would have a problem with me saying this. Um, well, she's got a, she's 84 or 86. <laughs> Even if people came after her, it's not going to last that long. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, um, but but what's interesting is we were talking about like queerness and I was like, yeah, I think I like might be bisexual. Like I kind of like girls. And she was like, don't choose labels too soon. Like she's like an out lesbian that came out in like the hardest situation I could imagine. And even she was like, she still had that generational difference of like, 
well, I don't know, maybe wait and see. I don't think kids should like label themselves too early, which like, I'm not even saying I like a- agree with that or disagree. I think labels are really helpful in figuring they're, out who you but are. They're but they're fundamentally it, different for your generation mm. because like in choosing a label, even on the millennial side, it was a little more of like a permanent situation. Mm. I feel like Gen Z, the thing that your generation has fought for, if millennials fought for like much more openness around the label itself and Gen X as well, Gen Z is like, nah, I'm going to be whatever I want today because it's Tuesday. Well, and it really doesn't, I want to say this very carefully because I don't want to, um, hall monitor. Well, I, I, yeah, I don't want to, this could be misinterpreted, but I, it, I'll just speak for me in particular when I like have, I'm, I feel like I'm still in the process of coming out because I'm still figuring out what I identify as and who I like, but I don't feel like it is cost me as much as it has in previous generations sure is that okay to say yes i think that that is the point yeah and so it was there's a lower barrier to entry so i don't have to wait until i'm a thousand percent solid in my identity and i'm ready to stake the claim i was able to say hey i'm figuring this out and this is maybe how i feel but i'm you know sort of lumping it into my you know perception of myself and like be open about it as you go along which is like hugely different i think it's supposed to be easier than it would have been for your generation and for my generation. I think that's the point. And and not to say that it's not still hard, but like no, it's supposed tr- to be, this is progress. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I don't it's so know much more fluid. I see that like with my nephew, he's 18 and he had a friend growing up in middle school who was assigned female at birth and then in middle school decided to identify as male. And I say decided because this person went back and forth like all through middle school and high school and now is back to identifying as female. But like my, my nephew and all his friends were just like so fluid with it and they switch so quickly. They switch the pronouns so quickly back and forth. It was so fascinating to watch. Like so, so different than this kind of like you identify as this and then that's it. You're, you're stuck with that for the rest of your life. You know? I mean, that gives me hope and I don't have a lot of hope. I, I have a lot of existential dread. Yeah. <laughs> that that's a nice thing. That's a nice thing to hear. Well, anyway, should we get into the should we get into the gay sex? Let's do it. My gay sex this week, I'm gonna trauma dump on you, Seven Eight. You've been through you're an interesting person because you've been through a lot. You're one of those people where, you know, when you're like when you're doing that really useless exercise of being like, Well, I don't even have it that hard. Like, why am I upset? You're one of the people that I think of where I'm like, ah, seven eight has it a little harder than I <laughs> than I do. And it's funny because you use that in your teaching to make us feel kind of better about whatever we got going on. You know what I mean? Um, and I just think the reason I'm bringing it up is because I was so depressed when I started meditating. I was in such a dark place. And I want to bring it back to the podcast a little bit because like I was in a really unhealthy relationship. Mm. So my gay sex from this week is not particularly comical. It's um, more about this dark relationship that I was in and the kind of a moment where I was like, oh, incredible progress. Mm, Incredible meditation. Through meditation and also all the other mindfulness. Like I'm that annoying person now where sometimes I'll turn on the faucet and the water will come out, and I'll be like, ah, that's great. <laughs> I got water. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And other times I'm not mindful and I'm a neurotic nutcase. <laughs> but like, it's nice to have the moments of like, just like going through your daily life and being like, oh, this is good. Like my body is experiencing this beautiful day. This is good. Yeah. I never used to have that when I was like fully, when I was like really depressed. But I was in this relationship and we would just fight and fight and fight and fight all the time. And, and I didn't realize what a relationship could look like. You know what I mean? I didn't have the, the model or whatever from my childhood. And I remember in one of our last fights, oh my God, she got so mad at me. I was sitting down across from her. We were having one of these, you don't want to fight lasts like nine hours. Have you been in one of those? No. Have you been in one of those? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, just fully outing myself as the most fucked up person in the room. Lister, <laughs> seven days cracking up. She's like, oh, you are a lost cause. <laughs> Lister, right in. Have you had... A day a long, nine hour fight. A day long. Well, you guys aren't lesbians, so I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna say. Is this, this is like a continuous? Thing. Kind of. Wow. Not like not like actively all day, but like attempting to like chill out and be like, all right, let's let's get lunch, and then the fight kind of resumes at some point. Oh goodness, it was bad. What, what, what were you vulnerable. fighting about? Nothing. <laughs> Absolute nothing and everything at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't mean, oh goodness, like I'm judging you. I mean, oh goodness, like that sounds horrible. It was horrible. Experience. It was really bad. I felt like I was in a trapped situation. Yeah. Because the person was financially dependent on me and I felt a lot of guilt. Mm -hmm. And also just all the things. It was closeted. I've, I've referred to it like that gives a new great weight to it. You know what I mean? And so- but I loved this person, which is, makes it so sad. You know what I mean? You love someone. And we were fighting, horrible fight. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting and it got to a point where I was able to be mindful. <laughs> and I thought, this is the, this is like, this is a very silly thing that we're doing. I'm not engaging in this anymore. We got to chill out. And, and I chilled out and she noticed that I had chilled out and she got mad at me for chilling out. Whoa. Do you know what I mean? Like it was the sort of thing, like the way we had used to fight, I was shedding because I was able to be more mindful in these really heated moments and just be like, oh, you're really heated right now. Like this is, this is not healthy for either of you. Yeah. And I was able to breathe and like, my nervous system wasn't going crazy the way it would go crazy before in fights. And she sort of was like, I think in her very stimulated moment, she was sort of like, I don't know you anymore. Like, what is this? Like, why are you pretending to be so chill essentially? Mm. And I was like, I'm, I'm different. I, I have changed because I've never been able to have this happen with her, you know what mm. I mean? She, she really, we got riled each other up. And that's when I was like, started the process of fully ending the relationship. Mm. And to, I don't know how you get jokes in on this. <laughs> no, I was like, I'm really <laughs> looking for it in. <laughs> but Were I, you using 7A's program at the time? I don't remember at what point I started using 10% Happier, but probably, probably. The big one was the TikTok ban. The big one was like, mm. that was like 7A every day. 
<laughs> I did the full course. And I, I bumped into this woman since then, you know, that was like part, the beginning of my, of what I consider to be my recovery with my mental health, my mm. anxiety, my depression. That was the beginning. And I bumped into her after it had, you know, not, I don't want to say completed because we're never completed, but I feel like I've reached a point where I have homeostasis. Mm. Like I feel even most of the time. And I bumped into her and in real life. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, I, I don't know what's gonna you happen. fall back into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna like be craving that chaos because yeah. of my my disposition, yada, yada, yada. And she, she kind of, in our conversation, she had gaslit me about something, but I was able to be mindful. And I was like, oh, I am being gaslit right now. Mm. This is not real to my experience. And I was able to really calmly leave the conversation and totally cut ties with with her in a, wow, in a thoughtful way. Wow, that's huge. That is not easy. And, you know, like I very calmly was like, there was something she was holding on to that I wanted back, uh, something from my father. My father passed away when I was a kid. And so I was like, I'm, I'm, I would let, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that interaction didn't go very well or whatever. I'd, I'd like my, my dad's hat back if that's okay. And we like worked out a way to do it without seeing each other. And I haven't talked to her since. And I haven't had that neurotic pining for that chaos. Does that make sense? That's incredible. Yeah. That's really great. I, yeah. So that's just like a way meditation can like help you in relationships because, you know, since then I've had a really beautiful, healthy relationship that I loved so much being in. And like, it was just a totally different experience being able to be mindful with the person that you love mm. because it, it makes you a better partner. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like it's also like if you're in a healthy relationship and you have the space to take a second and think and breathe, that's also like conducive to it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. There was multiple things going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all like compiling in a positive way. Listener, don't forget to support the Patreon. Patreon.com slash WHGS. That's how we pay Alex. He is a full-time employee of the podcast. We could not pay him on ads alone. Me also. This is full-time work. So please consider going and donating. And in return for those donations, you get bonus episodes. You get comped tickets when I'm in your city. Um, you get extended, unfiltered, uncut episodes, um, weekly access to my Zoom stream of my show in New York, and lots of other stuff. Patreon.com slash WHGS. I don't know if you have any thoughts on partnership and mindfulness, but that's sort of why I, I brought this story up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, as I mentioned, I'm going through a separation right now, and um, besides being, you know, heart wrenching in many different ways, like it makes me see how you can have a loving, mindful relationship in, in many ways. And I would say like my marriage has been so successful. We've always supported each other. We don't, um, blame each other for things. Like we rarely fought, fought. I mean, we had conflicts, but we didn't like go to fighting level. And we also had, especially for about the past, we were together 14 years. And I would say for the past like six or seven years, it's been pretty sexless. 
So I do not have a gay sex story this week. I don't have a sex story this week. <laughs> but, you know, in this separation, it's like I feel like I'm reclaiming my sexuality. And there's a there are a lot of sexless, sexless relationships and marriages out there. There's lesbian bed death. I mean, there's a lot of, like, people who have this as their primary challenge in a relationship. It's like it's hot and heavy in the beginning. And then it's like wah-wah kind of you know, dies because we actually have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think that the mindfulness for me is, is, is also about honesty. So it's not only like mm. being aware of what's there, but also like, I'm, I'm glad we stayed together as long as we did for many, many reasons, but it's like we finally came to the recognition of what was true and we'd rather save the relationship in terms of a friendship and feeling a family than try and make something work that's not working. And, you know, one of the things we did in our processing, we talked about like the best sex of our lives, which was not for neither of us was with each other. But we like explained like who it was and what it was. And that was really healing. Like it was really healing in a way of like reclaiming that we are sexual beings. Like we never cheated on each other. We never, you know, we really like honored each other in this time. But we were sort of acknowledging that because we were both starting to feel like sexless people, you know, we weren't aroused in our relationship. We weren't looking outside of the relationship. And so to kind of, you know, think of old boyfriends or old interactions that were really erotic and really arousing. It was so helpful. Like it was really, really, like I thought that would have been hard. We just sort of did it spontaneously. So it wasn't something that we planned, but it was actually really like rejuvenating. And, you know, as I'm rediscovering my own sense of sexuality, which I'm not doing with him anymore, which was really frustrating and kind of upsetting and, you know, just kind of made me like have really bad feelings about myself, my body and, and in kind of rediscovering it on my own. It's like all this like erotic energy is like returning to me because I don't have to try and fit it into something that it doesn't fit into. There are so many things in that, that I'm like, are you, are you a genius of some incredible, the, (laughs) the honesty of it? I do think radical people have talked about radical honesty and that doesn't mean cruelty, by the way. I think there's a way to be honest without being cruel, but that having that level of, of an honest conversation in your relationship, it's so funny because I've heard it being stimulated by affairs. You Mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. hear that in an affair, two people come back together are radically honest with each other Mm. and it almost saves the relationship. You sort of hit this rock bottom and then you're able to have this honest conversation and you start almost a new relationship with the partner. Yeah, and I've heard people describe too and I've sort of had this experience in a relationship where when you're coming up on a breakup, it's almost like, well, I might as well say everything I've wanted to say to you. Right. And then you almost feel really close to them because you're like, wow, wait, we're like really communicating. Yeah. And you almost forget that you're like, yeah, because I was on my way out. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's but a reminder like so... to do it every day with the person that you. Well, not every yeah. day. You don't need to have a groundbreaking, radical, honest discussion every day. That would be unhealthy and probably lead to some nine-hour <laughs> fights. But, but it, yeah, it's, it's a reminder. And it's so like, I don't know. I just think that's like so beautiful that to be able to like discuss things in your past and not be like jealous or not be like yeah. I, I just I, I really like aspire to that that's really really cool yeah um, there's something like bittersweet about it because 
obviously it's because it's the end, but it's, there's also something like almost a relief about it because we're just acknowledging what's true instead of thinking that we should stay together, which is like, you know, the tyranny of monogamy and, and heteronormativity is that like, you're supposed to find this one person and then either one or both of you have to die for it to be successful, (laughs) you know? And instead of- I will also say the listeners are gonna fucking love the tyranny of monogamy. Oh yeah. (laughs) Heteronormativity, like you just fucking zoomed in, like astrology and tyranny of monogamy. Like you should just take over this podcast. Um, They're gonna fucking love that. Uh, But it's so true, it's so true. It like, it fucks us up because we think Mm -hmm. that we're supposed to find this one person. And some people do and stay with them for the rest of their lives, but we, End up staying in relationships that are not good for us. Like they're not yeah, working. Totally. Also- they they make us feel bad. Instead of saying, "Hey, you know what? This is not working anymore," and you know, let's let's kind of call it an end to this dynamic of like a romantic coupledom before we start hating each other, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think also the idea of lifelong monogamy leads you to believe that if your relationship didn't last until death, then it was a failure, and it's like. But having done something like, I don't know, like I've had relationships where I'm like, they didn't last forever, but I would still consider it a success. Yeah, well, Like it what, was still a great what, time. It was still what I was saying, like 14 years of. Yeah, you guys it's a like totally family. successful marriage and relationship that had this one aspect of it, which is really important for a marriage. Unless, I mean, there are plenty of people who are happy to stay in a sexless marriage. I'm not sure if that's like the energy we need in the world i think it's really important (laughs) we need the fingering for world we totally (laughs) need fingering like we need everyone to feel erotically alive and that can mean different things for different people but for people to like shut down like a vital aspect of their creative being just because they're afraid of being alone and hello i'm raising my hand here like it's not like i'm pointing fingers at anybody but me (laughs) it's like it's not good it's not good for you it's not good for the planet you know? Yeah. Can I I ask something? Yeah. I, I don't mean to ask this in a, in a personal way, but I'm curious. I'm asking from like your expertise in your field, like do you feel like when something like sexuality, for example, is underfed or suppressed in a person's life, that that comes out in other ways in other areas of there being, whether it's like physical, I am asking as somebody who has not had sex in a year. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I, I don't even think it's like we have like we have such limited ideas of the erotic and sex. And I'm really into this because I come from a tradition that's like really anti-sex. Like the Buddhist tradition I trained in for years, decades, uh, has really warped ideas about sex. And the most oh. kind of revered people in the tradition are monastics. Like they don't have sex. And we turn to them for like questions and answers about everything. It's like, why are we asking people who live completely opposite lives to what most of us aspire to? So that's the first thing that I would like not kind of contend with as like good Dharma or good like (laughs) spiritual practice. But I, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's about having sex with another person so much as really feeding the, the erotic energy and power within us in ways that um you have erotic power Thank yeah <laughs> are replenishing and sustaining and um and and connected and primarily connected to ourselves or or let's say starts with ourselves so 
Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be exploring, I have been exploring this for myself anyways, even if I was in a sexless relationship. Um, I, I think that, yeah, like right now I'm not looking to meet someone or be partnered. And so it will be kind of a solo exploration and that might be, you know, supported. Like I've thought about going to a sex counselor or to, um, have you heard of sexological body workers? No, I know my friend told me about it last (laughs) night and they're like people who can, who like actually manually kind of, kind of like a body worker, but for sex. So they're going to finger you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for the clarification. (laughs) I love the trying to, it's sort of manually, spiritually, just kind of fingering the shit out of you. Yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of like finding God, but they're also touching your clit. Um, but yeah, like, why so not? Like, I go to like acupuncture no, and, you know, I go to a, like a craniosacral therapist. Like, why wouldn't I like get support in that area of my experience or my body? That's so cool. I'm, I'm chuckling right now, but I also went through... And I, I just want to be mindful that I know that you're touching on this without explicitly, explicitly saying it, but I do want to be mindful to our asexual or like a spectrum listeners that eroticism it can mean so many different things and it yes. doesn't necessarily mean being fingered. Mm. Um, and also like you, they can be in a quote unquote sexless relationship with like a ton of like romantic erotic and intimacy, energy, right? intimacy yeah. yada yada right. yada we, thank we you see you we understand yes um just because if i don't say it explicitly i will be canceled <laughs> I, I, uh so i have to do it um also because i love you and i want you to feel seen yada 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 but i i was also in like that closet relationship that i was talking about was also sexless for really long periods of time and I remember when I when I reclaimed my sexuality. It feels so weird when I say it. Why? Because I'm such a fucking frat boy sometimes. <laughs> when, when I when I reclaim my sexuality, yeah, you sound like when you reclaim yeah. your sexuality, you put an American flag down on it. <laughs> I mean, may all the frat boys truly reclaim their sexuality. That would solve a lot of problems. Yeah, no, you're actually so right about that. In an actual honest way. I've reclaimed my sexuality by being a frat boy. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. When when I reclaimed my sexuality, I remember how confident I felt in every aspect of my life because Mm. I got to be a sexual being again. Yeah, that changes everything. I felt attractive and it it came out in my stand-up. Like it, it just was like oh yeah, we, we do separate this somehow from our personalities in everyday life, but it's not a separate thing. Yeah. Your, your sex life is a part of your total mind and body well-being. And it's like, it, it's, it's, it incorporates, I feel like mind and body. It's a physical thing, but it's also such a mental thing of like knowing that you are desired. Like yeah. it's sort of this like total mind body thing that is like, greater than the sum of its parts. Is that what Schrodinger's cat is about? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just wanted to bring in you. We were, we kept saying mind body and I I was going to philosophy and I couldn't remember any single philosopher's name. So I I went with Schrodinger's Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's cat is when you open the box and the cat is either dead or alive. Yeah. Schrodinger's cat is if you open my room and you see if I'm getting fucked or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's Schrodinger's pussy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Schrodinger's pussy. Yeah, because in a way, 
maybe are you a virgin or are you not a virgin? You're yeah. kind of both at the same time. In a different universe. Really no, yeah, in a parallel universe. Somehow was more nerdy than just being like, I'm not getting laid, is being like, in another universe, actually. <laughs> technically- I, I went to the math museum and I, <laughs> I learned that I'm actually not technically a virgin. I'm both a virgin and not a virgin at the same time. Seven, <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted, I don't want to get too personal because I, are we, have we like not gotten personal yet? <laughs> well, I'm about to ask like sort of an explicit question, okay. but I'm curious like what you're doing. Cause you're saying like, you, you're not going to be part. I think there are a lot of people listening right now who would like to have a sexual, a reclaiming sexual awake, whatever they yeah. want to call it period of time. And I'm curious what the things that you're doing are to help you with, with that, even though you're not seeing people. Yeah. So I'm like, trying to love my body. So I have a very beat up body. I've had cancer four times, including this past year, which was really, really devastating physically. So I have a lot of body issues, also body um, mutilations from different surgeries and procedures. So um, I'm, I'm fairly healthy. I'm 50, I'm going to be 52 soon. So um, I'm also uh, surgically menopausal. So that brings a lot of things with it. So for me, it's really like loving my body as it is now aging, which is very hard to do in our culture, which glorifies youth and, you know, um, acts as if we, we can stop aging. And I, I really like subscribe to aging is better than death. Cause that's the only other option. Right. So like trying wow. to really, really embrace um, my body as it is. And, and that means loving it and touching it lovingly. I've been masturbating a lot. I got this really cool vibrator that my friend Joanna told me about. That's like, I wish I knew the name Shout of out it. Joanna. It's upstairs. Yeah. Um, it's very- Is it the rose? No, it's people- not. It's like a clitoral um, vibrator. And it I don't know how it works because it only turns, like once you turn it on, it doesn't actually activate until you bring it close to skin. And then it does this like sucking. You have a magical, you have a woo-woo vibrator. It's it yeah, exactly, to totally. It's like, it's, 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 it does it's this like on by intimacy. air kind of sucking. So you actually yeah. don't like touch it to your clit. Like it just kind of, it is amazing. It's, it is, it's very powerful. And, and not because it's strong, but because of like whatever, however they figured out this technology is like, yeah, it's kind of mind blowing. So I've been using that. Um, we'll get and, the name and we'll we'll put it in later. Yeah, definitely. It's a good one. Um, and uh, yeah, and just like also noticing what I'm attracted to, not just people, but really going towards what eroticizes me and things that I've kind of shut down because of in our relate, you know, in a relationship, you make compromises. And my my partner wasn't into certain things that I'm into. And I'm talking about like the New Yorker. Like, it's not like things that are like, <laughs> you know, and so I, I, I need to do the crossword to get turned on. Honey. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you know, the things that really bring me alive, like he wasn't really into dancing and I love to dance. And so um, like last month um, I went to this place, Mr. Sunday in, in yes. Bushwick. Yeah. So fun. It's such a great time. It's like the best outdoor dance party and yeah I just want to like go towards things that excite me that's so great I also by the way I think it's with a partner recently 
I am a very nervous dancer. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. I have a hard time with dancing. Really? I think it's because I've never drank. Oh, yeah. And I've never just been inebriated and started dancing publicly. And like I've always loose. had that. But this person that I'm seeing loves to dance. And I was like, fuck it. Like, I, I have to learn. I must because I like this person and I want to dance. And I, da- and I dance. So it's, it's important. It's imp- if you're going to have a, you got to, you got to make some, overcome some obstacles. And it's like, Oca- also, occasionally. If you're not dancing, how many times do you move your body that's not like to get from point A to point B? Like, how many times do you move your body just for the, pleasure of it or just yeah. without an agenda like that's really cool yeah dancing and, with a no movement without an agenda truly that's the most gen z phrase but anyway just to plop in there if you're on the other side and your partner is saying hey i like this thing like listen to them L- listen listen it's you're not you're not gonna die if you mm. dance right it's you know what i mean you're not gonna die was, i really love what you said about like attraction beyond just sexual attraction but attraction as being this thing of just being drawn to something and going with that. Yeah. Is like, that's incredible. The magnetic energy. That's so cool. The magnetism. Yeah. Just it's really important. Cool. Like if we, <laughs> if we get magnetized, like we will be stronger magnets. It's true. Mm. It's so true. That's so true. This is the most woo woo. I, I think some <laughs> listeners are going to be like, what the fuck is this? But most listeners are going to be like, this was the best episode of all time. Dude, this is really like it affecting is, me. Is. Like I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm as like a listener right now. I'm yeah. like, this rocks. It's, it is, it's awesome and different. Seven, eight, do, can we go to Maddie's case? Yes, or please. Lack thereof? Yeah. Okay, great. Listener, do not miss me when I'm in your city. I know you miss my TikToks and my Instagram posts. And sometimes you skip podcast episodes. I'm only in town once a year. So let me text you once a year when I'm in town. Or I can email you ashleygavin.com. There's going to be 25 cities on this tour. Don't miss your city. Maddie, did you did you have gay sex? This I week? didn't have gay sex this week. Um, what if I was like, I did last week? No, I didn't at all. Um, <laughs> I cannot wait for first of all when we decorate this place and soundproof it and everything we just got a studio oh it's it's, yeah and we're gonna put put up phone and everything but i do want a little chalkboard where we do a tally (laughs) of every day that you of every week that you haven't had sex just to to publicly shame you are you (laughs) magnetized by that public shaming (laughs) um but uh, anyway i want to have that up there and then the day the day the day where you it's come gonna in. It's going to be a party. There's going to be confetti. I, I actually think we should throw a party. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley's really invested in me getting laid by a woman or any queer person. Yeah. Really yeah. exciting. I'm deeply invested. <laughs> I actually think it's a, it's a kind of an important part of my work. <laughs> yeah. I want everyone to get... you. Have you heard me at the end of Sunday school when I say don't just oh, you stare fully... at each other from the cross room, go up and finger each other? Or yeah. I say Ashley told me that to tell you that I want to finger you. Yeah, she really encourages, <laughs> she's like an instigator of sex. Yeah, You're a matchmaker. I, I'm an instigator. <laughs> That's great, I love that. It really makes me sound problematic. <laughs> I instigated. But well, anyway, go on. I, I have a sex story from the past though. Finger blast from the past. Finger blast from the past. Here we go. Which is kind of a um, lesson in insecurity and how silly it is, is that I was with, and I don't think this guy would mind me saying this. I won't say anything identifying about this person. Of course, yeah, that's the whole I just want to be really, okay. Um, But I was like at a bar and met this guy and was like 
really proud of myself a little bit out of character for me was like just came up to him and sat down next to him <gasps> we talked for like 30 seconds and i was like do you want to like hang out after this oh my god and he looked a little flustered he was like uh yeah that's so great. and i was like i felt so cool here's where i'm insane though is then like a few minutes later i saw him talking to a girl like oh, we no. had, we were like we were like okay let's all hang out we know some other people here and then we'll meet up and leave and i saw him talking to a girl that in my head i was like She's so much hotter than me. Mm. He obviously has decided to go with his girl. There's no way he could talk to her and then turn around and go home with me. Right. Like that's how you're insane I was. A, you're creating a story in your brain. Yeah. Which has nothing to do with the actual reality around you. Another great application of mindfulness is like to be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, to notice I'm creating the, a story right now. Because yeah, I really could have used mindfulness because then I just went up to him and I went, well, actually I'm going to go home. Goodbye. And he was like, wait, what? Oh, you did? You went up to him? Yeah, I like, I was like, I, I actually like, I gotta go. And I was like, I was like, for sure we'll be on the same page. He'll be like, yes, because I'm obviously about to sleep with this other woman. And he was like, wait, what? Okay, bye. I, you know, I thought we were gonna go home together. And then I was walking out this and I was like- This poor dude is like, what did I? <laughs> what did I do? What weird energy was I putting out into the space? Well, and then, and then what's crazy is as I was walking away, I was like, oh, he seemed shocked. He still wanted to go home with me. I could have. But now I can't go back again and be like, yes, you can. Well, I did like two months later. <laughs> I saw him again at a different bar. It only took you two months. <laughs> I don't know what to contact. You didn't text him. You didn't know how to contact him? No. No I Instagram. No, I probably could have looked up his Instagram. I knew his first name. Would have been a lot of work. <laughs> I know his first Yeah, I just outed myself as like being really good at finding people. I was like, well, I knew his first name in the city he lived in, so I could have found There him. are people who are very good at finding people. <laughs> Wait, and There's so what happened the friends. second time? Well, the second time we were at a bar and now it was like, I was like, now I know that this guy was down for it. And so again, we were like, this is this is the most in my slut era I've ever been, is this one guy. I mean, it's insane what the threshold is for me for that. Be, just because I was like, just because I asked someone to have sex with me. Uh, but we were, I was like 20 at the time, I think. And he was like, he was trying to be like, this is the second time I saw him, he was like, do you, we could go like get drinks at a second bar. And I was like, yeah, if they card, I can't get in. So do you want to just like go back to my place? Oh my God, Maddie, <laughs> what got into you? I know, right? I'm so impressed by you. Thank you. I was like really proud of myself. And he was kind of like, yeah, sure. Which I know, I know we're just meeting for the first time, but like this is, out of character for me, like oh no, I I'm sure that Seven A has picked <laughs> up on slightly. On the math museum gave it away yeah. <laughs> that I'm not just like going after people on the street. And <laughs> but no, I was like literally was like, you want to learn about my parabola? <laughs> <laughs> Something about an input variable. Oh anyway. yeah, <laughs> let's talk about input. Put variables into into the black box. We don't know what's going on in there. Is that too mathy? <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. You try to do a sex metaphor, but it gets way too mathy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I literally was like, yeah, I like him too young to get into other bars. I'm only 20, but we could just go back to my dorm. And he was like, okay. I see. I did a voice because it was like not even me. I was like, whoever this woman is that said that. Um, and then we went back to my but dorm. But it is you. That's sort of like what, what the episode theme I think is like. Who are we really? You know what I mean? Mm. And acknowledging that part of ourselves. It actually is pretty telling about it my conception of myself that I see that as like something I did as not even me. Like I won't even give myself credit for 
yeah. that. Yeah, you're having imposter syndrome about your sluttiness. Yeah, where it's like, okay, maybe I'm just like a sexy slut. Maybe that's an option. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but we went, wait, but here's the funny part is where he outslutted me is we went back to my dorm and the dorms at the college I went to, you have to like check them into the building, which I have a bit about it, but- Yeah, great bit. Thank you. But, the, but you do have to like, they have to give an ID, and they look up your name and they type you in. So there's like a record for when they do the documentary about my murder. But <laughs> <laughs> they but they had to, they were like, they, they always asked him like, oh, have you been here before? And he goes, uh, yeah, I've been here before. My name's under Rebecca. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he had like, no, but I was like, Why? Lie. I think that is a totally appropriate moment. <laughs> he had slept with someone else in the building. I, I understand. It I was, know exactly what you're saying. It made me laugh really. I laughed in his face in front of the security <laughs> guard. Because the security guard is like, knows that she's checking him. She's like, you two are about to go have sex. Yeah. And now she, not, like, it was really funny, honestly. That's really funny. It Those laugh, security I mean, I, guards I, I, should make a documentary. <laughs> honestly. They, they must see so much. That? <laughs> yeah, security guards and doormen. Yes, unbelievable. In New York City, the doormen get them together from the big fancy buildings. I would love to hear some of the shit that's going. That'd on. That'd be fascinating. Yeah, but I will say the security guards at this college were not fucking around because I, uh, my boyfriend at the time, after this guy, my I was dating someone, and you know he was coming over quite frequently because we were like in a serious relationship, and like the twelfth time he came over, they were like, "Your ID is expired. We can't let you in." And it's 2 a.m. And I was like, you've seen this guy for weeks. But his idea Rebecca, was Maddie, <laughs> Olivia. That one time with Matt. We don't talk about it, but it's okay. <laughs> but they really, they would turn you away if your ID was expired. Yeah, that's crazy. Insane. So it would be They were very good at their jobs. I guess so. If their job was to make me not get laid. <laughs> but that was, that was my one, I won't say my one, but my proudest- Slutty moment. More to come, I yeah. hope. Your, your schedule right, is brave. free. So what I was going to say, we kind of alluded to a little bit of a, thank you for sharing that. Oh, yeah. We for- alluded to a little bit of an announcement at the beginning. Oh, wait, is this what I think it's going to be? Well, you didn't, the reason that you're not established as permanent. So, uh, Sebenay, I have multiple hosts that help me host this show. And for a while, sometimes they stay on for a while, like a full year. And... I don't know how you're feeling about that, but it, your schedule it has opened up. We, it has we opened were learning up. about a commitment that would have, could have been life-changing, really. But now you have an even better commitment op- opportunity. Which is? Staying on, we're having a sex! <laughs> I was going to say, let's talk about this offline, but if you want to just make it permanent now, we can do that. I am totally down to... Ashley, I'm ready to commit to you. <laughs> I'm ready to U-Haul podcast. Well, here's you. the thing. I will not be taking your gay virginity. I hope you understand <laughs> that that is not part of this situation. Just bringing a whole I new weird. We, I thought we were doing it on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash WHGS. Want to get weird? I'll be taking Maddie's virginity. <laughs> This is too far. <laughs> this joke. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I'm, I don't want you to feel The listeners are like, I okay. Well, oh, no. For the listeners, I'm completely comfortable. This is okay. Yeah, good. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I I'm deeply... No, I'm getting around. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad. Well, let's, talk about, excited. Let's, let's talk about what that, uh, what that means offline. Yeah. Maybe cut this part from the <laughs> Alex, uh, the HR discussion that we're about to have. <laughs> uh, 
But I'm so excited because the listeners love you. So I'm really glad Thank that you. Thank you'll you, be listeners. around in a more permanent capacity. I love you too, listeners. They really <laughs> love you. They've been really nice to me on Instagram. Don't, don't you love her? Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's tough. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a What's lot that? to ask someone. I mean, you're so lovable. Very oh, lovable. <laughs> deeply lovable. There's a certain energy that I like to have on the podcast to pair alongside me. And, and, and I just think you're really, you, what you're bringing is like so valuable. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, chemistry is a hard thing to figure out, like the je ne sais quoi, you know, <laughs> but I think we have it. So I, I I'm glad that you're going to be around. Yay. I'm so excited. And you're so talented. Oh, thank you. Um, seven, a, I want people to engage with your, this is called butt plugs. We're going to plug your stuff now. I want people to engage with your work. You have a newsletter. You are probably teaching in other capacities beyond the app that I found you on 10% Happier, which is my favorite meditation app. Um, Just by the way, they have all kinds of courses. No matter if you're kind of skeptical about it, it's a great app because they have some really good short meditations from people who you wouldn't ever expect to be teaching meditation on there. But they also have some really good long courses and advanced courses. Um, it's just, it's really for everybody, but what else are you doing? Where can people find you? Yeah, I'm not teaching so much, uh, in person anymore. I teach a couple of live retreats a year, but you can find out what I'm doing from my website, which is just my name, sebaneselassie.com. And my newsletter is not updates. Like I write fresh content every two weeks. And it's usually me talking about whatever's going on in my life, which is sometimes a shit show. Um, and <laughs> I'm just really honest about it. And I'm not trying to give advice, although I have an advice column. Um, but my advice column is all about me, actually. It's called in my, <laughs> it's called in my experience. So people ask questions and then I tell them like what my relationship to that issue is or topic. So, oh, that's so yeah. Cool. So it's I like, love that you're honest about that though, because a lot of times when someone goes to you for advice and you try to relate that to them with your own story, they're like, you're kind of making this about you, but it's like, <laughs> well, I don't know how else to connect with you other than through my own experience. Yeah. Oh yeah. And my whole thing is like, I don't want. I don't really want advice from people because it's so it's I want to hear like how other people have gone through something because someone else can't tell me what to do with my life. Like they're not me, but they can kind of share what's how it's been for them. And then I can make my own decision. Like that's kind of exactly. my that's I'm sticking to that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And to have good diversity of thought, which is something that we try to do on this podcast and I hope we succeed. Good diversity of thought and experiences so that someone will eventually find something. They go, aha, that's what I needed. Yeah, Because one exactly. person can't, can't contribute everything. And I love your newsletter. And the one where I was like, oh, I have to have Sebene on the podcast. You really got into some mysticism and stuff. And you said in it, you were like, this pressure to have science be the backbone of how we make decisions you know, what, what, what we take seriously, mm. but then also being called to mysticism at the same time. You know, like we said, I, I taught at Girls Who Code, I computer science, math and science are a big part of my life, but I can't get, I can't get away from the woo-woo sometimes. And it's hard for your, it's hard to justify why you're taking it seriously when you don't have any science behind it yet, you know? 
Yeah, it's really, it's so important to just recognize both are true. Like these things wouldn't have lasted thousands of years like astrology if there wasn't truth to it. And it doesn't have to negate science. Like they can both be true. And so I'm just trying to come out of the closet more about that and <laughs> and just kind of bring more people into that fold. Because my, my audience tends not to be very woo. So I'm trying to like convert mm. them. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's like, it's almost like a therapy. Like astrology is an opportunity for me to connect with the emotional part of my experience. Mm. It's not like I'm, I'm more of a, you know, like I'm not too worried about the actual planet alignments. Mm. I'm more just like, ah, oh, let's see what I can discover about myself through this conversation yeah. and mm. acknowledging these emotions. Can I ask a question? I don't know if we have time to get into a question. We, we have time for like one more. I, I, I'm just curious when you said that your audience was not maybe into the mysticism as much, like it seems like, and I don't know if I'm reading this right, but it seems like largely across culture right now, there's like a lot of like, like sort of Silicon Valley bros being drawn to things like meditation, but for the sake mm, of optimization. Mm, mm. And I'm curious your take on that. That's and so, if that's like affected your work at all. That's a great question. Yeah. That's where, how a lot of people find me is through 10% happier, which is very strictly a meditation app that is, you know, science based and makes a lot of references to neural pathways and all that kind of stuff, which is great. And it's true, but Every time I mention astrology in my newsletter, like dozens of people unsubscribe. And so I know it's those people who came there thinking that they're just going to get like mindfulness tips from me. And so I've just actually started to become more and more honest about it because I don't want people to think that and then get, I mean, they can't think it and then get disappointed. That's up to them. But I'm just trying to be more transparent. And I think that that I, I actually like still being in those spaces because mindfulness is like a gateway drug to mysticism and mm. a lot of people actually end up eventually being more open to the numinous to kind of what's larger than just our small brain problems um because they start meditating so i don't want to like dismiss it either yeah i know through some of my most spiritual moments that have come through mindfulness and meditation are when I'm like <sighs> coming at, at it from a science thing. I, you know, I write code and I understand the mind as a cognition machine because I've worked on projects where we try to create AI. Mm. And so I have a kind of a baseline understanding of the brain, the different parts of the brain and uh, perception and stuff like that. When I meditate and I'm able to get to a space where I'm really just getting the input from the world, the sight, the sound, the smell, the touch, and I don't have a lot of active thinking going on, that's when I feel very spiritual mm -hmm. and connected. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe it. I'm sure you've had, I'm sure you've levitated off that, the ground. That sounds like a good description, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, but I'm still the machine. I'm still mm. the body. Like, mm. I'm still sensing the world. But it's deeply spiritual because there's not, there's not a lot, you know, this, sometimes this is half a second of time. It's a very, you know, sometimes it doesn't last very long. But it's deeply spiritual to just be like, oh, I'm like an experience machine. Mm. I'm a perception machine. And yeah, 
It's and, like very spiritual to separate yourself from your own mind, I guess. And that can happen also in gay sex. <laughs> <laughs> that perfect. Literally, that has to be the final word. <laughs> I ruined it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's true. Sex is an incredible tool for reaching, getting out of your head. And yeah. into your body and, and into, into feeling your body. and not thinking, which is like kind of radical. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think we solved the meaning of life question Yeah, on this. <laughs> it's to get fingered. <laughs> well, Sonny, thank you for your time. We're going to wrap up now, mostly because I have therapy in eight minutes. Um, I hope I didn't make a fool of myself. Oh my God. I really value your work. I have been on so many podcasts and this is truly the best time I've ever had. This was so much fun. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It, it's good. It's a good podcast. It really is. It's great. <laughs> Can you it's... believe it? I had no experience. I had no idea I'd be good at this. And you're perfect Insane. in every way. Oh, thank you. And you're a great guest. Oh, like, truly, you. you should do it more often. You should have a podcast. All right. <laughs> 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 well, we're going to... We, did I miss anything, Alex? Oh, I have to plug myself. I have to butt plug myself. <laughs> AshleyGavin.com, tour dates, patreon.com slash WHGS. Do I... <sighs> That's it. Have gay sex. You'll you'll reach Nirvana. Oh, can I plug one thing too? Oh yeah, plug. Maddie T. Wiener on Instagram, and I just started a Substack little newsletter thing, and it's about a lot of. The first one was about the internet, but it's also going to be about gender identity, and it's going to be about whatever I'm thinking about. So, if you want to support me there, plugging it like you'll never get to plug it again. <laughs> you, you'll get to plug it every week. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening, guys. As always, uh, supporting this podcast by either sharing it with a friend, going and purchasing a piece of merch, or donating even as little as $1 to our Patreon is so helpful. We are now regularly releasing a You're Having Gay Sex every week, sometimes with guests, sometimes just me and Maddie or just me and Bree, and it's really a lot of fun. So go check that out. You also get live streams of my Sunday School show, you can also buy tickets if you're not a Patreon and you just want to check it out. You can buy tickets to that live stream. Everything's at AshleyGavin.com. And my gay thought this week. Okay, so you know when someone homophobic is like, oh, all gay people do is talk about being gay. And you're like, that's not true. There are other facets of our personality. But then you're also like, but also that is all I want to talk about. How do you balance having other facets of your personality, but also you just want to be gay all the fucking time? And you know, you know you're kind of annoying, but you're not actually annoying because it's just so hard to balance the fact that it, it just, it just, it's easier, it sticks out more because, you know, you're talking about dating, you're talking about men versus women, all those things are sort of straight when straight people do it, but you don't think of it as straight, but when a gay person does it, it's gay. But also, I do like talking about being gay all the time. I want to celebrate it, but also, I'm a three-dimensional person. I don't know. What do you think, Alex? Am I being gay all the time? (laughs) Be careful. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Patreon.com slash WHGS.